Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Let's get into it. Hey, guys, this is a pro panel. We started doing these pro panels early last, uh, let's see, would have been, I think, last November. And we did we did a couple of them in a row, and then we all got busy with the spring rush. So we are, uh, we're hopping back into it. And it's usually Scott Riley, uh, Brian Fullerton, Zach Miller, Blake Hawthorne, and Corey Ballard. But today, um, I was hosting the pro panel, and we just uh, jumped into a, a, a good conversation around team and margin with your team. But uh, Corey Ballard with Perficut and Ballard Innovative Products was there. Scott Riley with Forever Green Lawn Care was there. And then Blake Hawthorne with It's His Turf. Uh, was was joining the conversation as well. So I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. I know I enjoyed listening to them just talk about what they're going through, how they're navigating some of the uh, problems that they're facing uh, just with the, the labor market and some of the internal thought processes around team and, and how they're how they're growing and how they're managing production and what they're doing to incentivize their current team while also trying to recruit new guys. Just a lot of good topics. And uh, that's what we're all trying to do, right? We're trying to create margin everywhere. And margin with our team members specifically is thin right now across the U.S. Uh, it's crazy. Everybody's scaling up and growing, uh, but the the workforce right now is just very unique. So listen in. We're getting ready to jump into this conversation. I know you'll enjoy it. Practice. we got to practice what you preach, right? <laughs> well, I, I try. I try. Here we go. Here's Corey. <laughs> You guys doing all right, Scott? Man, doing awesome, Britt. That's good. Doing awesome. How was your, uh, you went on vacation, right? How was your vacation? Wow. Boy, I tell you what, this vacation was <clears throat> was one for the books. It was a lot of, man, I had a lot of things going on back back at uh, back at work. and Yeah. I mean, it was good. It's always good to get away, but this one was a, just a little bit more challenging. I've had some, some turnover and some growth, and those two things kind of lead to, you know what I mean? Just puts more more on you, uh, <laughs> turnover and growth. You try to replace and train and all that stuff. But hey, it was good. God is good. I have no complaints, man. Oh yeah, dude, I'm uh, I'm right there with you, man. I have had two years of just hilarious employee sagas, man. I've got we 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 grew like crazy um, this year. And it's just like, <clears throat> like our, our top 20%, like the, like the key leaders have been great, but the other guys, it's just been, it's just been a mess. Where's everybody at I'm here? Saying. There they What's are. What's up, Corey Ballard and Blake? I Morning, guys. You. What up, Good Blake? Good morning. Blake, is what that, that you, Evergreen, man? Blake. Look at that beard. <laughs> Bro, that thing is <laughs> you, nice. You, you you grown men in your beard. I mean, I'm just jealous. Oh, that is awesome. I, I'm going to change. Yeah, it's probably I'm gonna, about time for it to go. Yeah, it looks good, man. Just a backwoods, backwoods boy. What happens when you live in Arkansas? It's just going to be, <laughs> just going to be, uh, just going to be us today, fellas. That's fine. We, we, we can handle it. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Let me make sure. Give me two seconds here. Hey, Chase, what's your Wi-Fi password? I'm going to switch to yours. 
All righty. <clears throat> cool. Had to make sure my Wi-Fi was stable. What's been going on, about- guys? Employee drama, Brett. I got I got employee drama. I could beat all you guys. The shit that happens around here would blow your mind. No, I got you, brother. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, let's let's swap employee drama just for like five minutes. I'm curious because I got I got some good ones. Well, I had one shit in his pants the other day. <laughs> so you guys top that. We got no, guys I, on job sites, but I've uh, had that. yeah, one of your guys took a shit. In the back of a job site, we're like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> oh my gosh, it's better than his pants. Yeah, it's it's been tough. You know, we've uh, we, we're fully staffed finally, but boy, we've had. Uh, I mean, we've struggled opposite of kind of what Britt said. We've struggled even with more our mid management. There's just a lot of people headhunting our people. Uh, we've got really good people, and of course, they have non competes. So we're we're contesting a couple non competes right now, and. You know, our job is to take good care of them. And if we don't and they think there's a better opportunity, that's okay. And we wish them the best. But we do have non-competes in place for a reason. And and uh, so we had a couple account managers leave and they waited for their non-competes to run out. And now they're going after our clients. And, you know, we just, uh, there's just a lot of risk, you know, with us sometimes. And, um, but all it does for me is I just say, hey, if, you know, what do we got to do to build a better relationship with our clients so that an ex-employee, if he can go take a client from us, I'm not mad about that. I'm mad that our relationship isn't strong enough that he can go in there with no backup, a small company, um, no credentials, no pesticide license, no backflow certification, whatever, all the, you know, all the things that you need to be to be a professional company. And how does he take a client from us and takes a couple pretty good sized clients. And I'm like, uh, we got to up our game. And uh, so it's been, it's been challenging. We had to raise our rates, which you guys probably are doing as far as our, what we're paying our people. Um, you know, we had to bring the floor up, which we start offering $16 an hour, $17 an hour to start people. But yet we had a lot of people that were still at 14, 50, 15. So when somebody comes in and says, Hey, I saw an ad we're hiring for $16 an hour. I've been here two years. I make 14, 50. You know, and that may be on the lower end, like our weed pullers and some of our watering people. But so we had to bring everybody up to the floor. You know, you can't hire a guy at 16 or 17 and pay another guy 15 that's been with you a year and a half. So we've seen our labor costs. Uh, they're up about 14 percent this year. Mm. And our, unfortunately, as you guys know, our pricing is not up 14. No, man. What about your fuel cost? Yeah, it's up. Uh, I mean, it ain't good. It's, uh, you know, it's. For us, and just like you guys, it's, it's a big number. And uh, so we're trying to figure out ways um, in our business to get our pricing up. You know, a lot of our contracts are long-term contracts, but, you know, on the on the add-on work that we do and, and, and some of the other areas where we can just get a nickel here, a dime here, you know, and just slowly get those prices up. Uh, but, yeah, we're paying our people more than we've ever paid them, and uh, we can't afford to lose them. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, that is tough. Yeah. That is tough. What about you, Blake? How, how's everything going for you? <clears throat> I mean, it's going pretty good. I mean, same same thing. Trouble getting employees. I tried to change my structure like I did last year, hiring in a bunch of high school and college guys and uh, just going to a bunch of push mowers and whatnot because I couldn't have them operating zero turns and everything. And mm-hmm. um, Last year, it worked out great. I had a good team. This year, I can't find anybody worth hiring. And so I'm kind of 
back to the drawing board. We let a couple good accounts go that were just too far out of the way. And uh, I picked up a couple next door to some others and just tried to do that to, you know, make up for it. But yeah. uh, feeling a little bit of little bit of those pains right now. And uh, I took on some uh, swimming pools and outdoor kitchens and I shouldn't have. I got a little bored this winter. and We uh, talked about that. Remember, you weren't going to do that. Yeah, really bored. We, we, you know, we didn't talk for a little bit, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Blake, you're not you're not a good guy to to get bored, are you? When, uh, when you get bored, you get dangerous. No. That's yeah. me. <laughs> uh, That's me too. So, oh man, I thought I'd be busy enough helping Jordan with you know with his spraying and all that. And, you know, just everything's kind of slowed down. So how now, now that it's picked up, I'm tied up on a kitchen in a pool that I shouldn't be on. How, how is Jordan's application business doing? It's going good. You know, we had that, we had a agreement with my subcontractor buddy we were using and he took like 140 of our clients and we were really banking on having them starting out. Oh, And so it's been a little difficult this past year and a half to kind of get the ball rolling, but we're finally starting to do it. I think we're pushing, we're creeping up on a hundred clients right now. There we go. And uh, they're all like premium high end stuff. Good. And so we're getting to do, you know, mosquitoes all the way to fertilizer. So it's good. That is good. And a lot of those are 11, 11 apps. So. Do, you, do you not have non-competes with your subcontractors? You, if not, you should. We do with all of our subs. I don't with my subs, but I do with my employees. And so yeah. it's just, we do all subcontractors, including that, you know, snow removal. We have a lot of, you know, we call them service partners, but they're subcontractors. But we have non-competes with all of them, non-solicitation, non-competes, um, you know, and I would recommend you doing that down the road. It's, uh, you know, we've had some of our snow contractors where they'll go and say, hey, I'm already taking care of your, I don't know, lifetime fitness. I'm already taking care of lifetime fitness for Perfect Cut. We're right here. We'd love to just take you, you know, and we pursue those and, and we make it very clear that um, you know, it's just, we have to protect the whole here. And so it's a very simple non-compete, non-disclosure, non-solicitation. And, um, you know, I'd recommend anybody using service partners on anything. Um, you know, unless it's a one-off, you got an irrigation guy, maybe does some service for you or something that's just does irrigation. But yeah, it's, uh, it sucks when you do the work and then that, that service partner or subcontractor is out there hustling your clients. Corey, do you, yeah, Ballard, I, do, you do to, that? I'd love to see a copy of that, that, that Ballard, of that subcontractor non-compete. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I think that'd be good. Hey, Corey, do you do I'll that even if somebody email. comes to you and says like, Hey, but I've got 300 mowing accounts and I've got 125 lawn application accounts. Will you sub out for those 125? Do you try to implement it there and, or, or at least get some sort of two-year, three-year long-term contract? What do you guys do in that situation? Well, are you saying so that's the opposite? We don't subcontract for other people. Yeah. If you, if so, you sub, subcontract for other people, okay, okay. So you, you don't do that at all? We, no. So, yeah, if a guy's got 300 mowing accounts, and he, let's say he's got a 300 lawn app accounts, he says, hey, well, you do our lawn apps. We don't, we're, we don't do that. So okay. for us, it's, it's us subcontracting. We subcontract the two or three mowing guys subcontract who a, a pond guy who does a lot of our um uh, the aerators in the pond uh you know fountains and then of course in snow removal 
um, and our hardscapes. We've yep. got a company that does all a lot of our large hardscape projects that are just they're just set up better than we are. And so all of our subcontractors have a an agreement with us that you know a, a non compete. It's a two year, which is about as long as you can get them to stick. Most good attorneys will tell you one year is really ideal, but we do the two year. Um, and unfortunately. You gotta, you have to pursue every one of them because if you don't, right now I have a non-compete with an employee we're doing, and they, the issue was we didn't enforce it on the last two that left because they're gone. They went and they started a small residential mowing company. They were with us ten plus years. I don't care if they want to go mow some residentials. Yeah. And so we let them enforce the non-compete. And my attorney's saying you can't pick and choose when you enforce it. It looks the judge is going to say you either enforce it every time. Yeah, or you yeah. don't enforce it at all, and it's you're making a case that you're picking and choosing when you decide to enforce that, and so he's saying regardless, that's tough. You got to enforce it every single time. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough. It's very expensive, you know. Uh, you know, it's an, it, it, it's an ex, it, it, anytime you get attorneys involved at three hundred, four hundred bucks an hour anymore, an email costs you three hundred bucks, and so, <laughs> but you got to protect. Yeah. You got to protect the company. You, gotta protect, you just, yeah. As much as I hate throwing good money at, at bad money, sometimes you you gotta you yep. gotta hold your ground and you gotta protect the company. Yeah, you gotta enforce the boundary. Well, Scott, uh, let let's like circle back to you. I think it's interesting. Like we're we're obviously just chatting today, guys. I don't have a, a lineup of questions like we we normally will moving forward. But I want to circle back around and talk more about some of the employee and and staffing stuff that you're going through. And then uh, we've been doing themes for the week on our podcast. Uh, theme this week is just margin, margin around finances, mental margin. Um, you want to talk about creating margin with your team. I just figure we can uh, kind of parlay that into some other good conversations. But what else is what else is going on with your team, Scott? What what kind of pinch are you in? And I think uh, the guys out there that listen to this podcast are going through the exact same thing. So I think sitting with this a little longer will be good. I honestly feel like, um, you know, we were deemed essential businesses last year, and I feel like there's this hangover yeah. uh, with with our guys. And I think the, you know, it's it's about, you know, we all know you gotta you gotta you know you guys gotta be committed. I've always been told that, you know, thirty percent of your guys will never leave you. Thirty percent of your guys or could go either way, and thirty percent are looking to leave. Um, and I'm not sure that that's that's all true, but I'm sure a good percentage of that is. But uh, you know, I just think last year, just you know, I don't know if it's a hangover from 2020, and I don't, and I, you know, it, it, all that stuff messes with your psyche, and everybody's wanting to get out and do things now, and they're wanting to get out of town and do things, and we're growing and trying to staff it, and we're we're trying to put more, uh, you know, we have a heavier workload with less qualified trained people, so therefore that spills over to them. You know, and if they're just, you know, I don't know if your your guys feel like or or my guys feel like that. Um, you know, it's just it's just it's just a never ending weight that they're carrying around. It only gets to be more and more. And as a business owner, you try to offset that. You try to recruit. You try to do these things. But in this employment market right now, as you guys know, it's tough, and you do all you can. And then you know you try to help those guys balance out their lives, but we also got an obligation to do here. So I yeah. think it's a combination of all that stuff, the perfect storm that it just got people a little bit on edge and, and part of my job and, and our job here is to try to put our, our staffs, uh, our team's mind at ease. And I just, I try to do that. You know, I was gone last week out of town. This is the first time in several years where it just seemed like it was, 
we had trouble making decisions when I was out of town. I was having to be brought in on things, and, and I don't mind helping at all. And I, and I love my job, but you know, you'd like to be able to see your team be able to really handle all that stuff, and then that way you're just not working a job. You know, you're working your career. So that was a pretty long answer, but yeah, I'm really I can't put my finger on exactly why, but it just seems like to me, you know, even my loyal guys, they all they're all loyal and they're great, but they get tired. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I unplug too, and it's hard for us as owners with the workload we have to let them unplug. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I, I'll share some of mine so I can jump in here with you, and maybe maybe it'll help you other guys talk about this and give some feedback to Scott too. But like I've got, so my my core group is is solid, but it, it seems like the last month it's not that we struggle finding team members. Our culture is so good now and our branding is so good. We have quality people coming in the door, but it's like that bottom 40%. We just keep doing the old lawn care spring rush shuffle with. And so it is hard when you're both scaling, but you're doing the shuffle. Um, and we drive our guys hard, like, late February through May, we're going hard. They're, they're accountable for high production numbers and high marketing numbers. And so I'm, this is the first year where I fully stepped out of operations. And so the, the finesse it takes with, you know, those relationships, you know, checking the pulse of a guy and, and allowing him to blow off steam when he needs to, or just listening to somebody that, that needs to just tell their, perspective as opposed to just telling them what to do. Um, there's just a lot of, a lot of changes. And so our guys were overworked, overworked, overworked. And then right when we did the team member shuffle, we had to slide some people out. And while we're in the training process, those other guys are carrying that load. And so it's got like guys that have been here two years, have been here three years. And we keep telling them like, Hey, we're growing so that we can tick up and you guys can get paid more, but also have a little better lifestyle. And it's hard when, you know, two people leave or you slide. Like for us, we also have growth on the other hand. So we slid one guy into indirect labor category. He's training as a, as a GM in training. And then we, we slid another guy out of production and then one guy had to let go. And so where does that fall? That falls on those technicians' shoulders and so they feel like they're carrying the growth. Um, that's that's where we're at, and it's just uh, it's just this hard, delicate balance of when do you push, when do you pull back, who do you pour into, how many more people do you bring on board to uh, to make it sustainable and not just pinch pennies since we're struggling in a labor market. That's my long-winded answer, Scott. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. What up, guys? I wanted to interject and give you guys a crazy offer. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This is nuts. Okay, so we are practically giving away our how-to videos on how to create your own lawn program, your own fertilizing and weed control program. So if you're a landscaper out there, mowing guy, and you've always wanted to get into doing chemicals, pesticides, fertilizing and weed control, we tell you how to do it. And First thing we do is we take all the fear off the table by just giving you the fundamentals. So you kind of got this fear of the unknown of like, I know it's profitable. I know it's going to add value to my clients, but you don't know what to do. And so we have a video lesson and you can also listen to it in just audio form on your phone. Um, All you have to do is go to our website, lawncareleaders.com 
forward slash lawn program. Or if you just go to lawn, lawncareleaders.com, we actually have a, uh, a clickable area right there on the homepage where you can get access to it. And so it's just $7, a $7 one-time fee. So literally you're pulling out the old $5 bill and two onesies and you are getting over decade, over a decade of experience, tips, tricks, insights into uh, how to run your own lawn program. And we give you exactly the recipe that we use at Green Again Lawn from what we apply all the way to how to apply it, liquid form, granular form, and then how to mix it, how to calibrate. We go all over all of it. I know you guys are going to enjoy this. It's seven bucks. Go to lawncareleaders.com, click there on the homepage, get the $7 offer, or lawncareleaders.com forward slash lawn program. And this is, guys, we've come out with these videos and we really want to get feedback. So um, just kind of a, a beta version, beta test of this. So we're only going to accept a few people into this, probably around 10 to 15 people. So make sure you get in line for this sign up and we want to get your feedback. So the only thing we ask, we're practically giving it away. We want to make sure that we're uh, garnering feedback from you guys. How did, how did it land with you? Was it good? Was it bad? How can it be improved to help more people get out there and increase profits and add value to their client base through a fertilizing and weed control program? All right, go there and we'll get back to this episode now. What about you, Ballard? Yeah, you know, we, you know, we were we we were definitely short staffed. We're almost fully staffed now, but you know, for us, it's been um, constantly just really trying to make sure we can keep the people we have, and and so we've been con working on our culture, uh, trying to you know bring some pizzas in in the mornings, get some coolers with Gatorade. We're doing a lot of enough, you know, a lot of knuckle bumps in the morning. Uh, we do our deal that I think I maybe mentioned even a year ago, but uh, we've got at both of our Des Moines facilities where the landscape construction rolls out and the maintenance rolls out. Um, we wash the trucks every morning, pull through this wash line. It takes about three to five minutes, not nah, probably three minutes a truck. But more important than that, we get a chance to talk to the guy, each guy. Hey, man, what's going on? Where are you heading today? Be safe. Hope you have a great day. Kind of just check their pulse. Um, you know, if we see a new guy in the corner in the morning with his head down, we're really kind of an all hands on deck right now. And in the morning in those wash lines will be sometimes myself, my business partner, account managers, um, our COOs over there. Um, and so we want our staff to see that we are all in this together. And uh, when we see a guy with his head down, we go over and, hey man, how's it going? You're new here, how can we help you? Um, you know, there are even guys that have been with us a long time. I, last week a guy was, his wife and him are having some trouble. And, we really just try to, you know, constantly say, hey, man, it's going to get better. Is there anything we can do? Let's have a positive day. You know, you got a great job here. We love you. We want you to be here. And so we're just doing a lot of, um, you know, mental coaching and mentoring and, and um, trying to keep people's spirits up. Um, you know, as you guys know, they can leave, you know, Perfect Cut today and get a job anywhere tomorrow. You know, we're paying them good, but we're not. You know, Amazon just built a new facility. They can go jump on a forklift with full benefits and, and make the same amount of money in an air-conditioned warehouse. And, you know, that or you want to go dig holes and cut grass and spray lawns or whatever else. And so 
Uh, we just had to really up our game, continue to work on our culture, um, talk, to, just super transparent, talk to our guys about where we are, where we're going, what opportunities are out there. Um, and we've been, it's been better. It was early April. I was a little concerned. We were 30 guys short for us, which is, that's a lot of people. And, uh, you know, and how do you get them trained? And, um, and, you know, um, we've got trucks parked though. Yesterday I saw we had three or four trucks parked. I said, what are we doing? Like, my guy said, I don't have the staff. And I'm like, uh, okay. You know, what do you, you know? And so what's happened is kind of like Britt alluded to, the guys that have been with us are now working 70 hours a week to pick up the slack for the guys that aren't trained or the short staff areas. And so they like that for a while because they get that extra money, right? They get that time and a half and they get these big kind of sexy paychecks. But those 70 hour work weeks are fun for about three or four or five in a row. And then, then, then they're like, uh, man, I, I miss my kid's soccer game, you know, Saturdays working till four or five o'clock. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we ran all day on Sunday because it rained all week. And so it's just that balance. But for us, it's just a ton of communication. We have to be, you know, we constantly got to be getting in front of them. You know, we had a training and safety meeting Tuesday morning after the holiday. And it sucks getting your guys out an hour late after you're already behind. But, you know, we talked to them about, hey, here's where we are. You know, guys were behind. We're going to be picking up some extra hours. Saturdays we're going to be running. These divisions are going to be running. If you can't talk to your division manager, and just again, just being open and upfront with them, no surprises. We don't tell them on Friday. Oh, by the way, we need you to work tomorrow. Yeah. You know, on Tuesday, working Saturday. So make arrangements. Um, That's really good, Corey. Can I can I interject? I got a question. Yeah. Um, this it seems like this year in particular, and it could be like what Scott was saying, dating back to what happened over the past twelve to eighteen months. But it seems like it's harder than ever to get people out of that gray space um, where it's one foot in, one foot out. You know, I, I, I love when people either love green again or they hate green again. But what pisses me off is when I just have a bunch of indifferent people in my in my shop. And I feel like like for whatever reason, this year in particular, I I have a couple of those guys. I have guys that I look at them and I, and I can tell by talking to them and their feedback, they're indifferent. Like they're indifferent if they stay and they're indifferent if they leave. And it's because they have options and it just straight pisses me off. I'm like, I want you either to like want to be here and want to grow and at least be the best person in your job. Even if you don't want to become a branch manager, be the best. But they're just like, and I don't know, like you, I, I want to hear you guys' feedback. It, is that just given the economic climate and the fact that there are you know, a plethora of options. And then also I want you guys to, to segue into, is there anything else you're doing that is unique with hiring? Um, I, I heard, so my father-in-law, uh, did a, a site visit of a guy in Atlanta and they're doing something really unique for middle level managers where if you stay for five years, you actually get to keep your truck. So they do like a five-year lease. Um, and it's just, one way that they're incentivizing and who knows if that guy will stay, but they said it's keeping the truck cleaner. It is getting a, a little uptick in middle level managers. And I just thought it would be good if you could shed some light on that first situation I talked about. And then are you guys doing anything unique to try to re recruit more effectively? Um, if you want, yeah. So on me, I mean, I don't, 
I don't know that we're doing anything different other than just really trying to, again, what, kind of mimic what I said before, just really try to be in front of the issues, um, letting them know that if they're frustrated, they, they can go right to HR and we will address the issue. Um, one of the things that my buddy's doing with the company, um, Leroy Maines with Brilliant Borders, who's on the Green Grime podcast with me, one of the things he just put in place that I like, and I don't think it would work for us, but I think it maybe works for, a, he's got about 25 guys, but he started a program where he puts um, the guys earning an additional 50 cents per hour, hour that they work, but it gets banked all season long. And then he gives them that, um, those, that. Froze on me, Corey. Is he frozen for you guys? He froze. Blake, you still with us? <clears throat> yeah, you and Scott are good, but Corey, am I? He's having a seizure. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I was just getting good. I was just I was just taking notes. I know. I know. You know, part of that what you talk about, Britt, is is, you know, um I think I think Corey makes a good made a great point. And my question to Corey is, you know, how how do you you know, and I, I I'm a firm believer in touching those employees <clears throat> and mm-hmm. talking to them and being engaged with them is so important, man. Yeah, and I feel I feel good when I'm there, but you know you get you get staff scattered around and doing their thing, and, and you know everybody needs attention. You yeah. know, and I and I say that it doesn't matter if you are the guy that is is pulling the weeds out of the flower beds or whatnot. You know, yeah. everybody needs that attention, and and that's the fine line with having a good team around you. You know, that upper part that you were talking about those those kind of leaders that can help facilitate and build those relationships with your employees because. It's going to be hard for Scott or Corey or Blake or Britt to touch them all every mm-hmm. single day. But, you know, it doesn't take long for those guys to, to get drugged into, you know, the dramas of life. And then, you yeah. know, next thing you know, they unplug and they're heading out. And, you know, like, back to what you said, Britt, is like, you know, that one foot in, one foot, one foot out. <clears throat> you know, I don't know. And I think the more you can do and touch them is great, but is it that they're human beings. Yeah. You know, we are dealing with humans, you know, that, 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 that have a life outside of work that don't mean, it doesn't mean the same thing to them as it does to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. And I also, I also know the reality of the situation that, you know, what we're at, like, there's always the balance between what you're asking somebody to do and, and the direction you're pushing and then how much they're incentivized, you know? And so it's just this back and forth of like, okay, well, are they incentivized properly? Okay, well then, are they? Am I just do I just need to hold them more accountable, or do I need to get more people in here to up the competition level, you know, to to fuel that growth and kind of feed that fire? And so I'm, that's kind of where I'm tracking a lot. Um, I but I do agree with you. Like you can't can't be everywhere, and so how do you maintain the culture? And the other thing for me is I'm tired of feeling guilty when I see the culture not being maintained. And so what I've been defaulting to is. Like who, who are my top 20% that I'm going to continue to pour into and then make sure that they are carrying out whatever mission, whatever relationships that I want fulfilled and, and just setting up good feedback to see like, okay, is Tiago meeting with these three guys? Is Sean pouring in and doing ride alongs with these guys? And, and then also what are they saying from the guys in the field and, and what kind of high level adjustments need to be made. Um, but it's easier said than done because you do go in there and you do want to be all things to all people. And, and you end up, what you do is you splice your time up so much that it really doesn't account for much. 
when you really could have just given an hour of devoted time to two of your middle-level managers and then set up a leadership meeting with everybody else. Um, but for me, if I can be vulnerable, like that's, like that's the pain and transition that I'm, that I'm going through. Blake, you need to hop in here, bud. I want to hear your feedback. Yeah, so I'm processing everything and I'm actually kind of like taking mental notes on everything you guys are saying and like trying to figure out where it can plug into where I'm at right now because I'm struggling with my own things business wise. Mm -hmm. And one of my big things is like with, you know, with everything that happened in the last, you know, 12 day, two months, we did get rid of our office manager, our marketing team, my mechanic, um, a couple crews, uh, got rid of some guys that, I was only I was only keeping along really for a paycheck and help them start their own business and now I'm using them as subs and so like my rock guys and my concrete guys are no longer full time employees they have their own thing going that I help them get started and so they're kind of doing that and I just sub them out as needed since I'm a little less in the hardscape game right now and uh, so all that's kind of going on and with that I put more on the shoulders of my supervisor which was originally just in charge of like scheduling and billing. And the day-to-day operations, now we don't have a sprinkler tech either. And we're both juggling sprinkler service calls along with managing the team, taking care of the office, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it went from like five hats um, and five people to still five hats and now two people. And it's a little difficult. Um, but also in that, you know, it created, we saw some labor issues within our crews and trying to get good, solid guys in our crews. And I had to get creative um, on how we were going to hire. And I was just kind of going through applicants and not really getting good ones. And so one thing that I did think was a strategy that I came up with um, was just, we've had 400 employees over the last 13 years. Which of those left for better opportunity that I've kind of kept up with on social media or in contact with that may be interested in coming back? And so I kind of reached out to them just trying to see where they were at in life, what's going on, you know, who I would even consider rehiring and uh, just touch base with them. And uh, a couple of them actually are are working with us part time uh, now within their schedule. And uh, it's helping us a lot, you know, just having two guys that we previously had that were already trained coming in, working, you know, four half days um, is taking so much off my workload. That is awesome. So, yeah, yeah. But. That's, that is a lot, man. That is a lot. Uh, I'm in real quick, guys. Yeah. Exactly. Something blatant. I don't know if you guys do this or if you, so when people leave our company, um, we reach out to them and, um, we offer them a $50 gift card if they'll do an interview with our HR. And what we do, and we don't get a lot of them to respond, but we lose, you know, we turn and burn a lot of people and we have over the years. We've reached out to people that have left over the last 24 months. And if they'll answer this series of 10 questions, we, we send them a $50 gift card. And what that does for us is helps us understand why people left so we can take a deep look at what we can do better. Um, you know, was this not the job, you know, when you were interviewed, was was this, you know, did we not give you the job that we told you it was going to be? Were you mistreated by other employees? Were you not trained properly? Do you not feel safe? Um, so something that really helped us, and then we compiled all this data and said, you know, of the... 27 people we talked to or whatever that number was 13 left because they didn't feel safe. Okay. We got a safety issue or 20 left because, you know, our guys treated, you know, treated the new guys like crap and made them feel uh, unimportant and unvalued and, and kind of had this hazing, right? Like the, the guys I've been here 10 years and I'm going to 
I'm going to teach the new guy the ropes by, you know, maybe being rude to him. And so that's been a neat experiment for us um, to just really see why are we losing people? Because when people leave our company, I don't blame them. I first look at us. What can we do better and different? Now, some of them just don't want to do the work. They get out there and realize that's not what they signed up for. But um, so just something that I think that, that Blake said when he was reaching out to people that used to work for him and some will come back. But mm-hmm. that was an interesting thing for us. And it, it, some of it's kind of hard to hear. Like, you know, I work there and it's not a good company. I'm like, man, that's, that, I hate to hear that. But OK, what do we got to do better? What do we got to do different? Um, how do we make sure our interview and orientation is spot on? How do we make sure we train better? Um, why are the trucks not safe? You know, what, what are we doing? You know, my crew leader was on his phone and I felt unsafe with him, whatever it may be. And so you can get a lot of good information from people that left your company, um, I think. That's really good, Corey. Like, seriously, that is really, really good. Absolutely. I don't I do not do that good enough. And I, <clears throat> I, I think I could even do a better job of learning from our existing team's perspective and like hearing them out. You know, too often I as the owner and I'm like, you know, I never think it's my fault. Like we're making these changes, we're doing all these things. And I just think, oh, people are coming in and coming out. But I am seeing like we, we have this same cycle every spring rush. And so like the only common denominator in this factor is me. So I think if I can start looking at what changes can I make and also just like start truly listening, not just like hearing like, oh man, I'm, I'm overworked. And like, you got us out here doing like, but like, pry into like, well, what's behind that? Like, why are they saying it? What, what's behind the actual statement? Cause a lot of our guys, they're not, they're not complainers, like they're hardworking guys. And so for me to not hear them out, I feel like I'm really, really missing the mark. You know, something, something for me that I, I don't do a good enough job of. And I think this is important because we all know these guys, they don't have an easy job. You know, they work their ass off mm-hmm. and, you know, every day when they come in, when they get a work list, it's, you know, $1,500 by themselves. Tomorrow they come, it's 1500 Next day they come in, it's 1600 Next day they come in, it's 1800 And if, if you don't let them look at where we are and, like, what we're trying to get accomplished by what dates, to, to keep them in the loop. I don't do a good enough job of that. And what you find is these guys, all they see is a list every day of more than they can do. What it seems like, oh, man, I, I mean, my list used to be $1,100, $1,200. Now it's 1500 But, you know, you know, we've learned as business owners, sometimes you, you underestimate sometimes what's going to take to get things done. You got the weather, you got these things. So you try to, when you get 50% of the way through that round, you want to be 60, 70% done, mm-hmm. you know, have that work behind you. So you're kind of running downhill. But, um, you know, I just, I think just keeping your team in the loop of Zoom has opened my eyes to that. I've actually, you know, getting everybody together has been, been a blessing. All the technicians just saying, here we are when our round threes were 55%, 60% done. You guys are doing great. We're going to keep pounding it for the next few weeks, and then we're going to get ahead to where we can have a more manageable workload towards the end of the round. Yeah. Um, but just keeping them in the loop, I think, um, is important, and they deserve to know. You know, they're part of the company, just like just like I am. They make their living just like I do out of the company, so them knowing. And also what Blake said is I've got a couple guys that I brought back that left me. Uh, they, you know, one of them's part-time, one of them I brought back full-time. But I knew when I brought him back, he could handle a truck, he could handle a trailer in any situation. Those, those worries that you have by bringing somebody brand new that you don't know that doesn't have that experience, by bringing those older guys back that you feel a little more comfortable about, um, as you know, that's definitely helped bridge 
bridge this gap for me uh, mm. at this current season. Scott, that's really that's a really really good point, and I think you hit the nail on the head of like what the what what our team members are feeling. I, I know because I just had a sit down meeting with one of our guys this week, um, and he was given that exact feedback. Like it keeps getting increased, it keeps getting increased, and I think for me, like I do a piss poor job of communicating when my expectations change and then why they changed. And so we've, we've told our guys for two years, like, Hey, we're going to cut really deep for three months, increase our capacity. We're overhired. And then we're all going to have a good life. June, July, August, like y'all will be just doing your route. You'll be doing 1200 bucks a day. Well, those expectations changed. Why? Well, it's rained four days out of every week for the last three weeks, of course. But I I just don't do a good job of communicating how my expectations have changed and then why. Um, and for them, just like you said, you hit the nail on the head. All they see is that the workload and what's in front of them has changed. And what you told, like what you promised them as an owner, like, hey, here's what to expect. It, it, it it is completely not that. So in essence, like you're, you've lied to them. You know, I, I, I sign an employment agreement. I'm going to do 1200 bucks a day. Here's my key results areas. Well, then it changes three times over the course of four months. And I don't communicate it because I'm worried about what they'll think or being open and vulnerable with them. And a lot of young new owners do that. I, I struggle with it. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was really good. What else you guys want to? What else you guys want to chat about? This has been good. Are you guys still good on time, or do you do you got to bounce? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. What else you got? Um, again, our theme was uh, margin for this week, so I didn't know which way you guys wanted to take this. We can we can talk about like more of how you're creating margin within your team, um, or. I think it would be really nice to to hear from you guys as owners, like right now for a lot of business owners, like just mental clarity, creating mental margin, space away from the chaos so that you can, one, make good business decisions and not make fear-based decisions. And then two, go home and actually like look at your wife and know what she's saying. Um, the feedback that we've been getting from some of our clients and our listeners is like, that's what that's what they're struggling with right now is is some mental margin. So, if you guys want to wait, listen. I'm not I'm not going to talk on this. Well, listen, I'll, I'll kind of take it off. Um, with that mental margin, that's been, I mean, for the last two years, really, what I've had to focus on, just because of how dark of a place I got in. You guys have heard my story, you know. And so that's kind of been my thing. Can I? by giving it a hundred percent, you know, when I'm here, can I free myself up to working three and a half, four days a week to have that time with the family? And, you know, we got our camper and we're doing our trips and doing all that. Um, and that's all great. Um, but the same thing is I get that burnout. My guys are experiencing the same thing. And so if I'm going to reap those rewards, can I figure out a way in my business to give my guys that same blessing? You know, can I, and I've tried to do it, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, some bonus pay, um, some rain day pay, some extra work in the shop, you know, and giving them a full day's, you know, worth of pay. Or is it, you know, giving them some extra time off? Because all my guys, after they've been here a year, they get a week's paid vacation. And then every year that they're here after that, they get another day added to it, you know. So if they're here two years, they're, you know, looking at six days, seven days, you know, and just goes from there. 
and that that helps. But <clears throat> I've tried to figure out a way to be able to give them some type of bonus and incentive that they could cash in on it, you know, um, so that they can enjoy that same thing. Because for me, I have to have that separation from the business. And I think it goes back to what you were talking about. It kind of starts exactly where you were talking about, Britt, just a second ago with that fear of talking to your employees, fear of explaining to them um, when we're getting behind with work, uh, when the workload's kind of pressing in on us. We kind of just bottle it in as business owners because we think this is our load to carry. We're men. We're business owners. I got to carry the weight. I'm going to push through. I'm just going to keep pressing. And then eventually we'll see the light at the end of the tunnel when really we have a whole team beside us that can help carry that load. And so with that communication, if we will be vulnerable and we explain that to the guys, you know, like Corey was saying, on Tuesday, as guys know, they're working on Saturday. Mm -hmm. That communication helps. Mm -hmm. When the workload does change from, you know, our goal today is 20 properties and now it's 26. This is why. I'm trying to free you up on Saturday, but, you know, maybe instead of a 4 p.m. Saturday, we're going to have a 12, you know, o'clock Saturday. Um, Even if the Saturday is a rollover, I'm still offering my guys bonus pay for that day because I know that's a day that I told them when they hired on was not mandatory. Mm -hmm. You know, I told my guys, hey, we work Monday through Friday, Saturdays and Sundays are off, but I'm just like Corey and his team, we've had to work some Sundays this year and it like, that goes against every part of my being. And so I had to tell the guys, Hey, <laughs> y'all, I could see your burnout last week after y'all work Saturday, Sunday, you know, all that we've got to make a change. You know, what can we do? And it stinks when you're, <clears throat> when you're understaffed to do that. But by that communication, I have found it allows for us to be able to kind of mentally stay cleared and focused where I'm not like having these hundred different scenario conversations and games in my head where I'm trying to guess who's going to leave, who's going to be mad, who's going to quit, who's going to blow up tomorrow, what customer is going to get mad. And then I just communicate it. It works a lot better. The part that I still lack at is telling people no in that type of rush um, and being able to lighten our load. I finally have done it, you know, just the, this past month with all the rain and saying, Hey, I'm sorry, we're four to five weeks out. And the next thing I knew, I was seven to eight weeks out telling people on projects. And that helped a lot because I wasn't fearing the phone ringing Mm -hmm. and I wasn't fearing communicating that to my guys. And what used to happen with me to kind of take you back to that mental clarity to be able to be present with my wife is I would go home and all of those conversations and all of those deals in my head would just be spinning and I would stay up till the middle of the night, like just all the gears spinning in my head. And my wife would be trying to have a conversation with me and I wouldn't hear a word, like literally wouldn't be present. And it happened so much and for so long that it led to depression. And then that depression left to su- led to suicidal thoughts because I didn't like I didn't want anything to do with the business anymore because how much it was bogging me down. But I have found that that clarity, freeing up, like forgetting the lie that says, you know, like remembering there's still going to be work tomorrow and setting non-negotiables of time with my family, whether it's dinner or whether it's a camping trip once or twice a month, like setting those times aside and doing that has made everything up here so much better. That's good. That's good. Now, thank you for sharing that, Blake. That's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Scott or Corey, you want to jump in? 
Yeah, I'll jump in. I mean, I, I can tell you with our management team, you know, we've really been talking a lot about clarity breaks. Um, and those clarity breaks just look like, you know, what what do we need to do to get your, you know, we're, we're all busy, we're all stressed. And so we've been talking about clarity breaks. And, and we have these L10 meetings um, with our strategy team. And then we have small L10 meetings by department. And and that's where we try to address issues and, and, and kind of what's the problem, who can help you solve it, then how do we move to solve those issues? And so we try to take a, a re, real a diligent approach at um, giving our team um, those clarity breaks and trying to, um, we've made a rule that you don't email after 6 p.m. Um, you know, if you got something, you can make the email to send in the morning, you know, and, and we try not to make phone calls. We had a couple employee issues a couple weeks ago, and here I am talking to one of my, talking to my GM at 9.30 on a Tuesday night, and I'm not with my family at that moment for an hour. He's not with his family. And so we're really trying to, to set boundaries for our people um, and give our team, again, those clarity breaks. And, um, and you know, what does, you know, what can we do as owners? And, you know, Brett, you said something earlier that, you know, you you kind of always put it on the people. What's wrong with them? I always put it on us. And I said that before. Like, what can we do as owners to make this the best place to work? And mm-hmm. when somebody leaves, I I, people, oh, he was lazy, or he or she, or they're they're a piece of shit, or whatever. And I'm always like, no, what what did we do wrong? And maybe it wasn't us, but I always go back to what could we do different? You know, how could we handle this situation different? Um, and something else we do in that is is we do the thirty when somebody new starts um, before they get their first paycheck, they have a conversation with their manager, and then at thirty, sixty, and ninety, we have conversations with those guys and and. That's headed off a lot of the issues, I think, and help does, but uh, that's off kind of on a different subject. But it's more of just that communication, and, you know, Blake hit on it a little bit, too. Um, you know, Tuesday morning, everybody knew exactly what this week looked like. We're short, we had a short week. We had rain last week. Um, they know on Tuesday when they go home, they know what their week looks like. Now, it's been beautiful out all week. If we can get X amount done, most of you guys will be off Saturday. If you're going to work Saturday, we're going to let you know right now. So we're having that communication. And, and uh, we also share the numbers, like Scott had mentioned. We're very transparent on what we're trying to accomplish. Okay, we're, we're in round two right now. We're 75% done. Looks like we can wrap up in 12 working days. Here's our goals. You know, and so we're just, again, we're just constantly trying to keep our team motivated, excited. Um, we're trying to share the wins with them. You know, uh, we share our safety record. We share... Um, we just try to share all the good things going on. Hey guys, we've got a new, we picked up a new client. We've got new people coming on board. Um, you know, we, and we've lost some people with 10 plus years in the last three months, three or four people actually, and some maybe pretty better and some not, but, um, we share that with the team, but we share it in a positive way. We say, Hey, so-and-so left the company. We wish them the best on their next journey or their new venture. Um, but here's what we've got planned to fill those shoes. Um, you know, rest assured that, you know, we're going to get the best people in place to, to make sure that your job is not interrupted. So kind of all over the place with that, but, you know, clarity breaks. I, I'm really good at preaching it. I'm horrible at living it. I am on, if I'm awake, I'm on my phone. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I know it. I'm sitting on my son's wrestling practice on Tuesday night. I'm just sitting there answering questions. Mm-hmm. I can't even watch my son wrestle. I mean, just an hour and I, even as I'm doing it, I can see the insanity and I still can't set my phone down. Yeah. And, uh, so, and I, and I can tell you guys what to do. I just can't do it. I, 
I'm sick. I can't figure it out. And uh, I have this sense of urgency. And maybe that maybe as business owners, we do, I feel like I have to get back to everybody right now. And the truth is, man, I can watch my son wrestle for 45 minutes and then I can get back to you. But I just have this weird feeling in my head that I have to get back to everybody immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, when you text, like Britt, when you text me, I get back to you like within seconds. You yeah. Say, right. Yeah. Cause you know, my, my phone is never not in my hand. <laughs> it's, 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 it's pure madness. Yeah. Um, I race on Friday nights and in between races on Friday nights, I'm literally answering messages and, and responding to emails at nine o'clock on a Friday night. Like yeah. it's yeah. insane. No, I'm the cell phone in the trailer. So, <laughs> I was actually surprised at how, how quick you responded. I'm the, I'm the same way though. And it's like, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy what we do. I enjoy where we're going. So that's why it's hard for me to stop working. Um, like I, what's weird is like Sunday night, like I have this sinking feeling like this pit in my stomach, like, Oh, I don't want to leave my family. But then, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm like, opposite. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to stop working. So I completely get it. One thing that I do, Corey, so I don't race on Friday night. I actually do church league softball on Friday night. Um, I get to watch a bunch of old guys snap hammies in the first two games of every season. Um, but it's, it's like just long enough where it helps me bridge that gap. So Friday night and I will leave my phone physically either at home or in my wife's car and I'm on the softball field. And so it's like the, that like two hours is just long enough. And I'm around other guys that aren't as motivated as like just some lovable slackers to say the least. And so like, that's, that's also, it brings me down a notch and like gets me out of my world. Um, any other time, like if I try to like leave it somewhere or leave it in the bathroom and I'm at home, it's not happening. Like I'll be, I'll be checking Instagram. I'll be on my emails. I'll be looking at like, okay, what are my bank allocations? What are, what's the e-payments coming in Monday? So I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, one thing I was going to say, Blake, and then, well, I was going to take it in a little different direction if you guys are okay. And we've only got like 10 minutes here. Um, Blake was saying like, be open, be vulnerable with the team. I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out, but it's just like, that is a must. Like you have a team. And so you not being open and vulnerable and telling them your plan is the equivalent of a coach saying like, hey, guys, everything is good. When your team's looking up and they're getting their ass handed to them, you know, it's it's 40 to seven. They they already know the score of the game. So for you to not verbalize, here's the score and here's how we're going to facilitate a solution to each of these problems is pretty stupid. Uh, I just came to the realization like that's the equivalent of a coach calling a timeout and just giving a rah-rah speech like that, like a motivational speech only goes so far in those moments. So um, I thought that was really good. I want to take a hard turn because Corey, you kind of touched on this. I want to get each of your opinions in 10 minutes. What do you guys do? uh, And you briefly touched on this, Corey, but it, it hits home. What do you guys do on rainy days? Like how do you make that rainy day call? And then how does it affect your weekly goals? So like if you, if you guys say, Hey, 1200 bucks a day, no matter what. Um, and then if they have like marketing activities or sales goals, like does that roll over into the next day? Do they have to hit it no matter what? I, I want to, I'm curious about how you guys handle rainy days specifically given the fact that the last three weeks have been crazy. 
Mm. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, I just really, for, for us, I look at the workload and I look at what we got. So uh, we owe it to our customers to try to get these applications in uh, in a timely manner. So that means the sacrifices that, that we're going to have to make. So if we obviously, you know, and I try to set it up where guys have a normal job, you know, five days a week. That's awesome. That's what the plan is. But, you know, things like Tyson said, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, so if we get a rain day, just like we had one yesterday, <clears throat> knock off, you know, I had the technicians that knocked off, but we're working Saturday. <clears throat> of course, it also, if they have anything that we need to do in the shop as far as the maintenance or, or cleaning up their trucks and all that, you know, they definitely, I definitely want clean trucks and, and want them organized going out. So they definitely have that flexibility. A lot of those guys out there, they value time as much as they value money. And they would like to, you know, they can, they can recharge their batteries. They can get the rest, uh, and then they can come in. And they may not like to work Saturday, but again, that's what we signed up for, uh-huh. you know. And uh-huh. that's uh, you got to do what you got to do. But we just kind of kick the can down the road a little bit, <clears throat> and we just have to make the adjustments as we go to keep up with uh, our responsibilities to our customers. Yeah. yeah, that's the main thing. The customers. Yep, that's good. That's good, Blake. Uh, for me, rain days, like, my guys always joke because I never look at the radar. I never check the weather. I tell them, like, you need to be here, you know, period. So if it's raining, everybody's showing up. Um, I have a few guys that'll start messaging me at, like, 5 a.m., like, hey, hey, boss, it's raining. What are we doing? And uh, for them, you know, I may look at the radar and be like, hey, yeah, you stay home or whatever. But I try to get everybody into the shop uh, who wants to be there, who wants to work, because rain day is, like, the biggest way that you'll eat up money if somebody doesn't doesn't want to be there they're just kind of be standing around and so <clears throat> i'll have them come in you know they've got we've got popsicle sticks as funny as it sounds and they're in a cup uh sitting there beside where they clock in and you just draw from it and one says sweet shop floor one says you know clean trucks one says sharpened blades you know like different things like that so everybody grabs a stick everybody goes and does a different task you know mm-hmm. something within the shop that needs to be done mm-hmm. and um you know, they clean, clean out the trucks. That's kind of the list, you know, is, is maintenance. If there's, if it's that time for oil change, like I'll tell the guys, Hey, coming up next week or the next, you know, we'll have a day. I'm sure we need to get the oil changed. And, uh, so if it looks like it's summer and there's no rain, guys will do it in the morning, but if not, they'll do it on that rain day. Yeah. And <clears throat> rain's real spotty here. So we don't usually have like just a total washout. It's like a real heavy rain and it lets up and back and forth. And so luckily with, us doing landscape installs as well and some like not so nice properties we're able to go out in those breaks and still mow and still uh landscape and and all that so i may go you know like last week we had a 30 30 yards of mulch that had to be put out and it rained for like the first hour that morning well i got all the mulch ready while it was raining and as soon as the rain broke we just took the whole company and went and did that 30 yards of mulch. Knocked yeah. it out real quick. Nice. Started raining again. Guys took lunch. Then we came back and kind of dispersed. And so, you know, I try to be flexible that way because I have to make, you know, money. Yeah. And also, I got lockers in here. I try to tell the guys, hey, put some dry shirts in here. I have rain jackets. Yep. We just try to do the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Corey? Yeah, for us, so maybe a little different, you know, we just... Every department makes a decision based on the workload. So we let the department manager make a decision for his team um, and notify him. You know, we bring guys in to, you know, keep them busy, right? The problem is for us, we keep them busy on Tuesday on a rain day. 
but know that he's now going to have to work Saturday. Now Saturday he's on time and a half. Mm. So we, we manage those hours pretty, pretty close. Um, every department manager gets bonus based on his profitability. We've got a benchmark. And then, so they manage those hours very closely. So we may have a couple guys come in, um, but for the most part, if it's a total rain and we don't think we can be productive, we, we keep them home. Like, hey, man, have a great Tuesday. Chill, get some time, do some things you need to do around your house, whatever. But just a heads up, you know, we'll be running Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we, they get six, seven hours in the shop. They kind of piddle around. Um, and we have enough back. You know, we have mechanics and people that clean the shop. So we don't really have, we don't really have stuff for them to do. They just stay busy, right? Um, but we do have enough flexibility within our company that, um, to Blake's point, you know, sometimes uh, we'll ship 10 or 12 mowing guys over to the landscape team and they'll have um, a couple large mulch jobs and our landscape production manager will say, hey guys, it's raining. I could use 12 laborers today or whatever that number is. Mm-hmm. You know, send six guys down to my shop. Um, and so we, we do utilize our people throughout the company a little different. Um, you know, and, and if we do work Saturdays, our rule is we have to work till 3 p.m., We've just found that by the time they get there, they load, they get to the job site, they work till noon, they come back. It's not a super productive day. Yeah. So if we, if we, Saturday, we work till three. That's just the deal. We did some studies internally. We just found that they're kind of in Saturday mode. And, and unless they're wrapping up a job because we have to start a new one on Monday where we can maybe justify, like, hey, we got two hours left at, at this site. We've got to wrap it up because we got a new project starting Monday. So we manage that a little differently, um, but we try not to let our guys get non-productive hours um, because it, it, it does catch up to us because, again, like I said, they get six hours on a Tuesday on a rain day. Now Saturday, it's just use cutting grass. Now Saturday, we've got nine, ten mowing crews out all at time and a half. Yeah. Now Saturday, not profitable. Yep. Tuesday, it wasn't profitable in the rain. Now Saturday's really not profitable. And uh, so we manage the heck out of our hours. Um, you know, we really like to, to make sure if you get 60 hours in, those were 60 production hours. And um, every department's a little different, though. You know, some are more margin. Uh, our tree division, they can work 80 hours a week if they want because we bill a different rate for it. Yeah. So we don't mind overtime there. They're billing 90 bucks an hour per guy. Yep. So run as many you run, you run as many hours as you want. Now, mowing? They, the margin's slim, mm-hmm. very slim. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just try to manage it each day um, and get ahead of it. We try to let our people know. We try not to have our guys come in. If we know it's a washout, the manager's job is to get a hold of his entire team by 6.30 a.m. and let them know not to be there. You know, a guy drives 30 minutes in. He gets there. like, hey, Joe, glad to see you. Head home. And he's like, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already here. Yeah. 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 Then we're like, oh, shit. We'll go. Clean, go clean some trucks or, you know, do something. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's a balancing act every day. And again, um, we also have enough odds and ends where my maintenance manager may send three, you know, crews out to pull weeds that day. Maybe we're doing some stick edging. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll pull some T-posts on some landscape construction jobs. We're going to get six, eight guys out. We're going to go around. We're going to pull a bunch of tree posts, get them out of the ground, you know, gator bags off some trees. So there's some... We, we try to navigate that the best we can, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does. That does. That's good, guys. Man, this has been uh, insightful and fun catching up with you guys. Um, I appreciate you guys sharing some of the, the team member stuff and, and being open and honest about that. I know uh, I'm learning a lot, so I know our listeners are going to learn a lot as well. So I, I appreciate you guys doing this again today. And 
I'm excited to be back in the pro panel saddle moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate being on. You let me know when we can again. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yep. Thank you, Britt. Appreciate hey, it. Take it easy, guys. Keep at it. Have a good week, guys. See ya. Hey. See ya. Thank you. Yo, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you guys, and we would really appreciate you leaving a review. It would mean a lot to us. Take care, and God bless.